Hello, this is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Bon nuit. And it is our goal to podcast. Are you doing a, that's a really, like, 2008 reference there, buddy. I was mostly, like, <laughs> deleting emails. <laughs> Great. Did you actually read that article from the New York Times about pod fade? I think it was the New York Times. No. Did you send this to me? No. It was going... It was like for a hot second it was the thing. And basically... The thing that everybody was mocking... So the idea is that podcasts have crested and it's over and, you know, whoever made money from it, it's going to make money. Da, 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 da. The thing that everybody was mocking was that one of the one of the quote-unquote podcasters they interviewed were basically these two people who did four episodes on a topic they weren't interested in with, like, the least possible commitment to it. And they were like, we didn't get any money. No advertisers came forward to talk to us about this. I was like, fuck you. No, no, and I mean, I think, and this is, and it's, it's really strange to me because people will come up to me that are suddenly hard up for money. It's like, so I'm thinking about podcasting, and I, I know you have, like, you, you podcast, can you do this? And I'm like... You don't do this podcast for money. No. You you do it because it's something you enjoy doing. And then maybe <laughs> someone will give you money for it. Right. And I mean, and then maybe like once you start getting some money and you really start, let's face it, you really start going down the public radio route. Right. Now, there are people who make a lot of money podcasting, but there's like you, I mean, we we did never did this. Until recently. Until recently, but we did this to build your brand as the we bird did this, chick. We did this as like marriage therapy, let's be clear. <laughs> but no, but I mean like the podcasts that are making a lot of money out there, mm-hmm. they have high production value. And so you're paying for that. So the people who are actually doing it aren't necessarily making money hand over fist. Right. But the money is helping them produce a better product. This strikes me as like... Well, I mean, it goes back to the early days of blogging, where it was like oh, this yeah. idea that, okay, oh, this person is making a living doing this. I just need to start a blog, and advertisers will come yeah, and, and find me. Yeah, and that's what podcasting is now. No. Yeah. And I mean, some some advertisers will, and it depends on the, the market and right. niche that you're in. And the crazy thing to me about birding is you don't need to have the same amount of followers as someone who's like a beauty blogger. Mm-hmm. And... There's part of me like, oh, there are things we could do. I just don't have... I only had that energy when I was in my 20s. Right. No, we could have done things differently. But, I mean, I just enjoy doing this for our our public arguments about birding. And, I mean, I've experimented with other podcasts and I have pitched other... And, and public radio has been like, hey, here's our... Let's, let's do this. And, right. and it's like... This is the idea. This is what I want to do. That's great. We're going to like, we'll come back. Here's the budget we have for this. Here's how the podcast is going to be different. I was like, that's not the podcast I pitched. Right. I know this is what you want, but this is what we think is going to sell. And it's like, right. and they explained to me why it's going to sell. And I said, I hear you. I completely understand, I understand. why that's going to sell. <laughs> we are not in disagreement. <laughs> I have no interest in doing yeah. that. I want to do this, and I think this is the market that's there. And it's like, oh, but we want the market. We want the lowest. A- I shouldn't say. I will say it. We want lowest common denominator for public radio, which isn't necessarily right. what it would You're be. You're in a like- very weird position where, as we've expressed before, you don't want to be more famous than you are right now. 
I only want to do things that sound interesting. Right. And I have a very specific idea for a podcast that's interesting. To and you. I think to me. And I, I think there's a market for it out right. there. I know it needs some production value and time. Right. I don't wanna No, they're like the idea that they're pitching is not a bad idea. It's great. And it's... I actually referred them to other birders who right. I think could do it. I'm like, this is who you want for that. This isn't me. But this is storytelling. It's like Oh, I know storytelling. I work the storytelling circuit. I make quite a bit of money off of storytelling. Right. I don't want to do that. No. The favorite part was, no, we're going to like have you interview people in the, all these areas and these birdies, and we're going to go down and scout. And I'm like, yeah, I know who you're going to scout, and I know who you're going to want to make right. me talk to. I don't want to talk to them. No. <laughs> I wish you could see... I wish you could see the face that Sharon made just now... It was like the librarian from the 50s telling you we're not going to carry that book. But I mean, here's the thing. The rictus of a smile. I, it's just because I, because of things that I pitched, I know where you're going to go with this. Yeah. I know the bare bones minimum research you're going to do. Yeah. I know the birder you're going to want to make me talk to. Right. I, that's not to say I don't want to talk to birders. Mm. I want to talk to birders I haven't talked to before. Oh, you're going to make me talk to that person. Right. I don't want to talk to that person. Right. No. Well, no, I, I'm not your girl. I really respect But that. here's the thing. All you people out, on the off chance some youngins are out here listening to this and want to get into the podcast game, you go to NPR with your idea for a birding podcast and they'll come back at you with like, we want to talk to all the people. It would basically be like, okay, you're going to go to Minnesota. You're going to go to the Twin Cities. Right. We're going to do a research. We found out there's this woman up there called Bird Chick. And you should interview her. And you're going to be like, everybody already knows about Bird Chick. Right. No, it's, I also worry, like, because I think I, you've explained your idea to me. I think your idea is a good idea. I think there is an audience for your idea. But I also worry that, like, if you did this for NPR, like, they would, we want to talk to you about your voice. We want you to be more earnest and less like emotional. Could you not swear so much? Yeah, I said. And now we're in the Everglades with. Can yeah. you not talk about your butt so much? <laughs> we have to I stop will, doing these podcasts where we yeah. talk about how much we hate birding and how much we hate podcasting. And we should probably talk about how much of the things we don't like about public radio, since public radio and public television have me on all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're sort of the, uh, you know, you're the, what was it, the, you're the Sriracha, they have you on uh, as a uh, spot of Sriracha on, because uh, I went with you the last time you were on Almanac, and it's... Oh, you're not supposed to say the name of the show, but yeah, that's the show I'm on. Do you need me to bleep it out? No. Beep. Uh, but you've been on there, and it's Several like times. Everybody's on there discussing, well, here's what we need to do, and it's like, from, you know... So, like, the last time we went on, and I took Bill with me, like... The mayor of St. Paul was there. Right. And he's like, thank you for that question. da 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 Like, that's always like, and then you're like, hey, everybody. Now, my absolute favorite thing when I do this show, because this show is the politics show. Mm-hmm. And we went on a pretty subdued night, because normally it's the lobbyists. Subdued for NPR, yes. Yeah. So, yes. Normally it's the lobbyists, and so they kind public of. Public television, sorry. Public television. So they like, but they take you into the green room, and all the volunteers are there, and there's a volunteer <laughs> makeup woman, and she always makes sure you're not too shiny. Right. And I get in there, and clearly nobody knows who I am. Right. In the green room, except for 
the backstage staff. Mm-hmm. And I and I love cutting it up. You're with talking them. about the other guests. Yeah, the other guests. Yeah. And they're all there and they're just like as soon as they see someone they know, they're they're glad handing yeah. it they're, they're talking about this and the other and, and they make So glad and, to see you, Robert. Thank you for being here. And we're gonna good naturedly argue about this policy right. right now and blah blah blah. And they make a really big show of what a big deal they are. And then I get in there, and immediately all the backstage crew comes at me with their birding questions. Sharon! Yes, and I and, and you can see like the lobbyists just like, is this someone we should know? <laughs> she's not wearing name she, brand clothing. Is she an influencer? Yeah, she's not wearing name brand clothing. Right. I'm not sure about this. And and so and I I'll, I'll answer the questions, but I, I'm usually just on my phone mm. like gossiping about the lobbyists and what I'm hearing right. to my friends on my uh, via chat. And then we all go in there and they all do their thing. And then like I go on and I am just like completely different from everyone. I was like, I explode with burning information. You are. And I hope you don't take offense because I certainly don't mean it. You are the, you are the wacky weatherman of Almanac. I am. I am. And I just like throw out some bird information yep. and, and I try not to swear. And so I'll say things like <laughs> butt crack of dawn and everything. Right. Like, oh my God, that's a great story. But no, this <laughs> happened to me way back when I used to be on NBC and I went in there with my off brand clothing and there was a guy there who was like setting up all his jewelry and like me and, and yeah. was just like completely kind of being a dick to me. And I was there with my paper plates and my bird seed, and I went on and and I talked about bird seed, and my segment was longer than his too, which is great. But that was because I was an established product on NBC. They knew they could get ratings from me. And so afterwards, he came up to me and he was like, I'm really sorry. I saw you come in here with the way you're dressed and your bird seed, and I was like, what the hell is this woman doing? I've never known seed could be so interesting before. (laughs) If you can do this for bird seed... I can't imagine what you could do for my jewelry. I will hire you on the spot. What do the people pay you to talk about birdseed? And I was like, I'm legitimately excited about birdseed. I am not excited about your blood diamonds. (laughs) (laughs) And he was just like, well, no, we've got like fake stuff too. And I was like, no, I I can't do this for anything because I really like birds. But it was just like, he was like, no, yeah, I can get you just whatever you're saying about seed. I can just switch it out for like... Mm. Cubic zirconia, and you. How much sell. can I pay you for your authenticity? <laughs> I love where I am now. Like today, I had to go out. I got a group. A group booked out a boat. Mm-hmm. This group called the National Park Service and said we would like a very particular park ranger for this. And and you are a very particular I, they, park they ranger. Asked, they, they, okay, they asked for me. Yeah, and. <laughs> But that person couldn't make it, so they got Sharon. They got me, yeah. So I was like, okay. And together, it's like, do you need a speaker? Do you need? Do you have things you want to talk about? I was like, no, just just put me on the balcony and have everybody sit on the balcony, mm-hmm. and we'll do this. Do you, do you need equipment? No, we're just we're just gonna we're just gonna go out here. And and I just told bird stories and periodically pointed out birds, birds that I thought people could see, not the birds I was actually like noting. It's like, right. oh, then no one's ever gonna see that indigo bunting. But but the cedar wax. Oh, there's a broadwing talk. We'll talk about there's an osprey. We'll talk about that. And I will tell well, you all about all the and and I I'm to the point now where I know how to say things like. We saw pelicans, and I was like, uh, and I talk about pelicans vomiting, and I was like, yeah, that's the second worst parasite I've ever had. Which just gets into the sure. story of, like, how bad was that parasite, well, and what's the worst parasite you've ever had? This gets into your, I mean, this is your gift, because we've talked about this before, and you've told stories before. Like, so many older birders, male older birders, are in, or like, they have no interest in, like, I don't know how to express this. It's about, it's about them and it's about how cool they are and it's just like you've you've talked about the thing that just popped in my head was like 
Oh, that's a that's a goshawk over there. How do you know that? Because, because it, it is. is. And it's like, you're not interested. Like, you want to be entertaining about this. You want people to have a, a story that they can tell when so, they get off the thing. This was a very mixed crowd of non-birders. Right. And so one of them came up to me and was like, so what kind of certification do you have to do what you do? And I was like, none. None. <laughs> and like, no, seriously. I was like, I literally could be making up bird facts and you don't know. Do you know what you are? Do you remember when Nelson Mandela died and Obama was on the stage and there was the guy do, like doing the... Interpret like the AS, uh, the ASL, ASL the, the sign language thing, and it turned out it was a complete fake. That's you, except you're really doing it. <laughs> but my facts are accurate. They are. You Let know me what be you're clear. talking about. I'm not it. just like throwing out ASL <laughs> no. nonsense. But you have a lot of stories that you can tell. I do. And I your do. goal, and you educate as well as entertain. So everything you tell them is. If factual. someone tells me they don't like a bird, I will tell them all the reasons why but, that bird is. But okay. your goal is not to drill facts into no. them so they respect you. Want them to learn. No, no, no. But no. So th- this guy asked. He was like, "So do you have to have any kind of certification?" I laughed and I was like, "No, no, no." And so then I said, "Let me give you an example though, because birding polices itself." Sure. So I talked about the whole stringing thing. And so I told everybody, I was like, do you guys, have you guys ever heard of a stringer? And they're just like, stringer bell? No. Right. But, but Well, a stringer is also a news position, but that's not what you're no, talking no, about. No, 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 no. But I was like, and I was like, a stringer is someone who makes stuff up in birding because you're stringing us along with your right. bird sightings. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I gave the example recently, and I think we talked about this on the Patreon podcast. Right. Of, um... Somebody posted a photo of a type of shorebird called a wandering tattler. It's yep. an amazing shorebird name. And they posted it to the largest bird club in North America's Rare Bird Terrible Alert page. Idea. I have, like, okay, well, well okay, I have, I'll save my questions. Save your end. questions. Yeah. And so it's was like, hey, I just got Quebec's first, or is it Quebec or Quebec's, uh, first wandering tattler. Letter Kenny. Yeah. And um, and I and when it first came up, I just looked at it and I was like, I was like, wow, there's like a halo around that bird. But I was at Birds and Beer, so I didn't pay too close attention. Well, immediately question follow, followed. I was like, why is there a halo around that bird? And someone's like, you know, you're posting this in like late July, early August. That's right. a plumage you would see in wandering tattlers in March. I, I have questions. And then someone said, hey, bro, could you send me the actual photo? And the person who posted it did. And then everybody immediately went to this guy's eBird profile and started looking at his list. And was like, huh. Look at that. He was in Hawaii in March in 2018. And look, he has wandering tattler photos. And here's like a photo. And it's like, oh, very clearly. Right. And it then, was just a complete fuck up. Yeah. And then like end. people who got the original photo and they were like, right. hey, all the metadata says this was taken in Hawaii right. in March of 2018. So stringing jokes have gone. So if you have like suddenly like gone to all your favorite birding pages and you're seeing <laughs> I have not memes gone to all of my favorite and gifts and jokes about stringing and there've been so many people who are like I'm really sorry I don't understand what stringing mm-hmm. means and it's like oh bless. So basically yeah, birding is, polices itself. I mean that's I but I to, just gave like, everybody that example of like this is the most amateurish like I can't like this almost sees, seems like and this is how cynical I am right now. This almost seems like deliberate, I don't say trolling, but like deliberate fuck it uppery that you would do this and like not. Well, that's the, that begs the question. It's like, why would someone do that? And on the right. one hand, it's like Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, fortune and glory, kid. Right. But there's no fortune in it. <laughs> right. 
And also, like, it's a bad Photoshop. Well, I mean, I don't know. Why would you lie about a bird sighting? Because it's only going to care to a very small amount of people. Right. And then you have other people like, well, clearly this person has mental health issues. So maybe we should, like, not make fun of them. And I'm just like, but I'm like, of all the mental health issues that are out there, is making up a bird sighting for a first Quebec record. Yeah, that's. Which uh, has led to a string of memes. So, first on. This reminds me of the joke. uh, How did it go? Why why are academic politics so vicious? Because the stakes are so small. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is with stringing. Yes. And and I mean, yeah, there is a whole thing of like, there were people who saw, oh, fuck, first wandering tattler in Quebec. Right. I'm driving the eight hours to that. And, you know, they're starting to drive. And then it's like, <laughs> it's fake, buddy. Stop. Right, yeah. But so I'm trying to explain this to the group about stringing. Right. So then we get to this spot in my park. And it's the confluence of the Minnesota River and the Mississippi River. Some tribes in the Dakota refer to this as Bedote. It's kind of like the birthplace of all mm-hmm. life. It's very, sure. I, and I know of this. And so I'm pointing it out. And I'm also pointing out the facts of pollution and this, that, and the other. And someone's like, oh, can you tell us more about the Bedote? And can you tell us more about uh, the Native Americans? And I said, no. no, I cannot. Because I'm not the right person to tell that story. I can tell you what I know and I can tell you what bare minimum facts. But me, as white person from Indiana, I am not here to tell the Dakota story. And right. there are lots of places where you can go to get that. I will like give you information about a tour where you can get really right. good information. And a guy, the guy that had asked me about certification said... You're trying not to string, aren't you? And I was like, high five, buddy. You get it. High there five. And I was Recreation. like, excellent use of stringing. There and yeah. Well, let's move from that to. I'm sorry, do you have anything more to. to I was just going to say, birding memes have gone nuts. I feel like birding memes is the barometer of birding on Facebook right now. Right. Because you have like your in crowd who's making all these right. in jokes because like there were all sorts of wandering tattler memes. So if you've gone into birding memes late, lately and you're, there are all these things called WADA memes, mm-hmm. W A T A, that's the bird banding code for, oh God, that. Oh my goodness! Oh, my Minnesota accent came yeah. out. It's just, really that, coming out. That and I'm not even originally from Minnesota. Yeah. I'm from Indiana. Gosh, this is a new thing. Can y'all wipe me with that? Hush you. I am a little tipsy and tired, and usually my Hoosier accent comes right. out, which I took a voice class to get rid of. Actually, and now that Minnesota accent came out instead. I'm curious to see how much of the Minnesota accent we've picked up because I obviously don't hear it. But oh, I've picked up a lot because my family points it out. Right. But when my family comes to visit here, friends point out, it's like, wow, you have a southern accent right now. So, okay, so right, let's switch from, well, here's the thing, is that birding is an honor system, but birders are not idiots. We're like, we're like the wall. We police ourselves. It's, you know, the wall defends exactly. itself. So let's move from uh, the story of a stringer to um, seeing the, was it the sixth record of the cormorant? Oh, the neotropic. Why are you talking about that? We talked about that on the Patreon thing. Well, we talked about it because we had a different adventure here. We, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you can listen to us having a oh, walk around yes. to see that. But we also, so one of our Bill's brown birds came yep. to town. 
Uh, thank you, Craig. And he had warned that he was coming to town mm-hmm. with his son, Robert. And he was like, would you take us birding? And I was like, you're a Bill's Brown Bird Patreon yep. subscriber. That's like the highest subscriber you can be on this mm-hmm. podcast. I was like, yes, yes, I will. I will go out birding with you. And we, we had kept it kind of loosey-goosey. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, hey, there's this cormorant. And the really sweet thing was that Craig was like, hey, I know you like to make jokes about, did you see the eagle? Mm-hmm. My son would really like to see an eagle. Please and- don't be a dick to him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, done, done, done. I can. I'm reminded of the thing like Gordon Ramsay. So Gordon Ramsay does like Hell's Kitchen and you know Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares and stuff. And then he announced he was going to a children's show. He's like, are you going to yell at them? He's like, no, no I'm not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So if you ever meet me, one thing you need to know about me: if you ever need meet me, I'm not a hugger. I do right. not like hugs. I really don't. I love fist bumps. I love right. like like a, a, a friendly punch on the arm. If I'm super drunk or if I'm at a bird festival and, and I know, fuck, I'm going to have to hug people. I, yeah. I, I, I make a lot. But in general, I don't like hugs. Right. I like you a lot. I'm just not someone who enjoys I hugs. I get that That's completely. just me. That's just me. And so I was at an event recently and, I, and, and, and someone was telling a story and it was a story a mutual friend who had passed on and um this person clearly suddenly looked distressed i'm like oh god do you need a hug yeah i kind of do and so i hugged and like everybody that witnessed it was like oh fuck you just hugged somebody and i was like well you'd have to be a complete monster this person was like really upset Mm -hmm. anywho if you're upset i'll hug you if it looks like you need it but but in general so anyway if you, if you, if you, yeah, we can fist bump the fuck out of each other, but. You don't like the obligatory hug. I don't like hugs in general. Right. Fair enough. I just don't. And Unless, that, that's just me. Is, and it, it may is, be because I'm super short and a lot of people are taller than me. And it's like, I'm being enveloped in this weird hot how, pocket. Here's how I explain how I feel. It's like, unless I know someone, someone very well, I don't enjoy touching them or being touched by them like handshakes are fine like if i know someone very well hugs are great i used to work with someone who like would hug you i i, I referred to mm-hmm. them as huggy ranger mm. not to their face right but it was like it, were you going somewhere with this story kids <sighs> patreon kids. you made me go down right. this road okay because the guy was like don't be a dick if my kid yeah, wants right. to see an eagle that's fine and then we got we got to hugs okay i'm fine this with is, that this is your fault do we need to back up? We're talking... Oh, so where were you going with this story? No, I just thought it was great that, like, because this is the sixth record, we got to go out and see a bunch yes. of really cool birds. There were a bunch of birders around there who were looking for this bird. I thought it was super friendly the way the birders were like, haven't seen it yet. Oh, I saw it here. Da, 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 da. And then we saw an immature bald eagle. And, and everybody was- is, like, freaking out right now because non-birding Bill is talking about going to see birds. My favorite thing was we went to go see this when we did the Patreon thing mm-hmm. with the remote thing. And we ran into my friends and we're, we're actually going to see right. it. You've actually seen this bird in Texas where it belongs. Sure. The Neotropic Cormorant. You didn't pay attention. But you have seen Neotropic Cormorants That's before. Funny. And now we have the six-state record in Minnesota. Great. That's, I thought it was cool. I, I like... Cormorants. I think cormorants are cool birds. They're so weird. They're one of those great birds that. Uh... The thing I like about cormorants is when they're flying, their head is longer than their tail, which is sort of unusual for birds. I find. Unless you're a goose. Well, yeah. Well, gooses. Or a pelican. Anyway, they're one of the birds that do that. But I like cormorants. 
They look like they look they look like they mean business. It's like cormorants. I like I like any big shorebird, any waterfowl bird. So the minute a cormorant walks in the joint, you could tell. <sighs> Boy, you are in a mood tonight. They were a real big spender. I don't even know how to deal Good with looking, you. Good looking, so hooked beak. You Wouldn't are you in, like to know what the, language they're going to speak? Here's the problem is you're in Patreon mode, and this is the public <laughs> podcast mode. I don't even know how to deal. I so let me get right deal. to the point. You don't okay. pop your cork for every cormorant you see. All right. Hey, big cormorant. Spend wow. 24 a minutes. time with me. Da, 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 da. What you are? Would you in... like to have fun? Okay. Fun, fun. How's about a few fish? Fish. So fish. Everybody... I can show you some. Everybody who's pike listening to fish. this podcast, I want you to tweet your reactions to Sharon. Let me show you some walleye. So that she wakes up tomorrow and says. <laughs> What did I say on the podcast was last I, night? Was I singing about cormorants to Hey Big Spender? Uh, this is, I really have no idea where you're going with this. I don't know what you're doing <laughs> you're right now. You're the one that tried to make a thing out of neotropic cormorants. Okay. Fair enough. That's <laughs> on me. I couldn't find no bird news apart from all the stringing well, news on birding memes or wada memes. Fortunately for you, I did uh, three minutes of research and I have some stories. This is why we have that, a Patreon podcast. That we can talk about. Let me just uh, load this up here. I have to use my phone. Uh, oh, like a millennial. That's great. Yes, exactly. And they would call you a boomer right now because to millennials, okay. nothing like Gen X actually exists. You're going to get... Okay, so I apologize in advance for the headline, but uh, this is actually kind of a cool story. Uh, this The headline is, Giant Wooden giant wooden Birds Are Flocking to Broadway. Uh, and, all right. You know how I feel about that headline. I know. I told you before I brought this up. So uh, this is a sculptor named uh, Nicholas Hullaber, who is using reclaimed wood sculptures to highlight the threat of climate change to avian city dwellers. So what he is doing is he is building giant bird sculptures uh, in New York so to draw attention to um, how climate change and things are affecting endangered species. So here's a picture of his peregrine falcon. Mm-hmm. Giant peregrine falcon. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is uh, this? One? That's cute that he thinks that's a peregrine. Here's a, a snowy owl. This is reclaimed wood. And he's Basically, this person had a grant to write. God damn it. What the fuck is <laughs> up with you tonight? <laughs> this person had a grant. Reclaimed wood, climate change, oh, synergy. Okay, I don't know if I want to bring up any more of these stories with you because you are in a mood tonight. I am. Can I tell you how much of a mood I'm in? Sure. There's a story that's going around online about um, a, a large parrot that has been found. And you're like, fuck you, parrot! <laughs> well, the Washington Post was like, meet Squawkzilla, the massive prehistoric parrot scientists say terrorized other birds. So basically, it's just... It's it's a parrot that was big. So think of like a Kia or the Kakapo. You know, the thing that kind of like went after Stephen Fry's cameraman. Um, and it was about three feet tall. The bird probably would have stood nearly as tall as your average 
American four-year-old. I love that it's like as tall as your average American four-year-old. So as tall as you. Yeah, pretty much. And probably like on the hefty side. So I'm like looking at this on the Washington Post. No, 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 no. And I'm going to get to why I'm saying on the hefty side. Because the Smithsonian, not Nat Geo, the Smithsonian, just, just let that marinate for a minute. Their headline is, this chonky ancient bird is the world's largest known parrot. They've used the word chonky. I mean, they might have well just gone for, oh, Lord, he's coming. Yeah. So, anyway, this giant fat parrot that's the size of an American kid was out there eating other birds. That's that's where I am right As now. As Americans do. As Amer- We do eat our own. No, we don't. We eat Never bacon. Eat <laughs> well, it's because you and I haven't had our own. We have decided not to have our own. All right. I have a couple other stories, and I don't really sort of want to bring them up because... Let's go for it. I'm game. Uh, okay, I'm not going to bring up the story about endangered species. How many legs do they have? Because I'm so ready. Well, that's the interesting part, but we're not going to discuss that. So let's just cut to uh, the story from Earth Touch News. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that sounds reliable. Somebody shot video of an alligator that was uh, dragging its uh, meal across it. The- they described them as hefty predators. Are they chunky? They are not chunky. Uh, let's see. Uh, it was posted to Twitter by Ray Walker. That's nice. Um, and it is a an alligator that is dragging a carcass across the street. And it is being followed very closely, like <laughs> very closely, by a troop of vultures. Uh, and let me see if I can bring this video up for you. Here we go. Okay, so I have the video up here. We're going to get Sharon's live reaction to this video that somebody shot of this alligator crossing the road in front of their car. What is it carrying? I don't know. Here, let me see. Look at that. Oh, that's like skin. Yeah, so the alligator is carrying just something in its oh, the, mouth. So here's the crazy thing. Those are black vultures. They're not turkey vultures. Right. Which means the black vultures are like, we know you have something to eat. Is it possible that the black vultures had arrived to devour this and then the alligator came on, came by no, and was like... No, the black... Oh, that, that that is like some fur on there. Yeah. Um, no, the black vultures just know that if a if an alligator has shit, they're gonna. So the black vultures in Florida, the black you don't want to fuck around with those. So I don't want to fuck around with anything in this picture. I don't want to fuck around with dead animals, alligators, or black vultures. I want to fuck around with two, possibly three of those things. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, okay, so I've been to Florida. Humble brag. More than once. Humble brag. Both as a federal employee as a private citizen. Humble brag been to florida but i've never been to me um so so this reminds me of the time that i was there with my good buddy clay clay taylor mm-hmm. from swarovski optic and we were humble brag. <laughs> okay. sorry no I'm no, done. no no I'm no, done. no 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 that is a humble brag yeah. and i think it was when we were working on the web series but uh we were at viera wetlands down in florida or the memorial wetlands and we saw all these turkey vultures circling around. It's like, oh, we should go check that out because there's clearly something dead over there. And we got there, and there is a very live river otter. 
and it's 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 rolling around in some vegetation and river otters have this excrement that they they put out that's like super super stinky and it's very clear that's what the turkey vultures were smelling and all the black vultures came in cuz black vultures don't have the aromatic capability that a turkey vulture does but they're like oh shit there's turkey vultures here that means there's something smelly and something we can eat and then herons started coming in like great blue herons started coming in it's like oh shit black vultures are here we can eat something here too well it's interesting because herons don't have vultures have a good sense of smell and herons don't and neither do black vultures oh really turkey vultures do black vultures do not but i mean they all follow each other because they all Mm -hmm. like similar food and i mean you will go to landfills in florida Bazillions of turkey vultures, bazillions of bald eagles, and all the herons and black vultures and gulls follow. Because it's like, well, if those assholes found food, so we're we're going to find food. But it was super fascinating to watch the vultures. Because, like, you tell the turkey vultures, they're like, you smell really bad. We should be able to eat you, but you're moving. And the black vultures are like, well, the turkey vultures are here. There's something smelly. We need to be able to eat it. Why is this thing, like, moving around? And And the otter periodically would stop or have its back to the vultures and they would start to like get closer to it, and then it would turn around and like stare at them. They're like, "Yeah, we don't know what to do." But it was just—it was a very fascinating thing, and it was like, "Oh, somebody's olfactory nerves got all." But with black vultures, there were no turkey vultures in that video you just showed me. They just like, "Oh, we know alligators eat shit, and sometimes we can get some bites mm-hmm. off of them." Black vultures—you don't want to fuck around with black vultures in Florida. Like, they're also the ones that will eat all the rubber off your rental vehicle. <laughs> Really? Yeah. So, like, it's it's just fascinating to me that the, the vultures are not afraid of the alligator. Or they have a herd mentality. Quite a few of the black vultures are not afraid of humans. Like, if you go to the right, right part... I mean, you've seen the black vulture selfie I've had from mm-hmm. Everglades. And it's like, they're just hanging out. And like, we're just waiting for the food. We're not... We don't care about humans. Oh, we're 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 gonna exercise our beak by eating all the rubber off your windshield wipers and your <laughs> windows and your tires. When I had to do a detail down in Everglades, I, I got the warning like, yeah, these areas you will put tarps around all the rubber parts of your government vehicle mm-hmm. and if the black vultures rip up your government vehicle, you will be responsible for sure. it. Sure. So I guess what you're saying is they are the viper. They start at the West End first. That is my favorite G.I. Joe cartoon episode ever. I am the Viper. And Cobra Commander thought they were like getting all these secretive messages from the Viper. And it was really a window washer who had a bad accent. And I am the Viper. I just remember watching that cartoon as a kid and thinking, God, that's so clever. It's one of the few cartoon episodes where I remember the entire plot. I, I watched a lot of Smurfs. I just know Gargamel was after the Smurfs. But, like, if you want a specific episode... Like, I even watched a lot of Spider-Man and Friends. And, I mean, I know Firestar was part of that and Iceman. Mm-hmm. And I remember Iceman doing his ice bridges and Firestar doing all her flamey things. But, like, if you want, like, actual plot, I remember... The Viper episode of the G.I. Joe cartoon is so clearly. That and shipwreck. And I was like, why are you in the army when you're very clearly supposed to be in the Navy? But you have a parrot, so I'm going to pay attention. <laughs> we should end the podcast you now. You are the drunk person at a party who has you trapped in the corner and you can't go. No, you need to hear me. So there's this sailor... <laughs> 
No, that's who I went to dinner with tonight, and they were telling uh, me, oh, yeah, I watched the unaired pilot of Gilligan's Island tonight. And at first you think this is something you just stumbled upon on YouTube, as you do. No. Then this person started, like, singing the Calypso version of the original Gilligan's Island song, and I'm like, wow, you know those lyrics a little too well for someone who just found something. Oh, no, I've seen this several times. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I'm not the weirdo here God right now. God help us if they uh, ever discover the original three pilots for the love boat. One of which had uh, Dick Van Patten as the captain. I still stand by the episode of the love boat. And I feel a lot of vindication when I talk to the <sighs> Twin Cities movie critic. And I was like, you know, uh, Tim Robbins was in an episode. So you should like ask about that. He was never in an episode. No, he totally was. Yes, he was. It was like like when they were like doing uncredited. like uncredited. Well, it's credited now. Right. It's on his IMDb, but right. it's like no, he played like young George Kennedy with like a he bad guy. He was in a flashback. Yes. He was in a flashback. It was George Kennedy and Marion Ross, yep. and he played George Kennedy in the I flashback. I was listening to uh, a podcast about uh, Quentin Tarantino's career, and like they were walking through all the things he did, and they specifically talked about. His appearance on the Golden Girls as an elf. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember because we rewatched the Golden Girls many, 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 many times, and I remember watching that episode, and I remember thinking, "Is that Quentin Tarantino?" <laughs> I remember. I remember though. I remember you and I watching that particular episode of Love Boat, and we're like, "Yeah, is that Tim Robbins with yeah. a bad blonde dye yeah. job?" It was the two-parter. They would. Occasionally do yeah. episodes where they would go to another country, and I think they went to Sweden. They did, yeah, a, this was one of the few times they didn't go to Puerto Vallarta. Right. They went to Sweden, and there was a flashback to two people who had been involved in World War II, and he was a resistance fighter, and they did a flashback, and it was Tim Robbins saying, Goodbye, be safe, I'll find you. And they both thought that the other person had died. And, and he's played by George Kennedy, who you would yep. expect to find in the love boat. And I just remember talking like to the Twin Cities movie card, like, you're going to go to this festival, and tomorrow you should ask him about this. If it's not on IMDb, it doesn't happen. And I was like, no, it's there. He's trying to hide it from his yes. IMDb. And at the time, it was hidden. Yep. Now it's there. Yep. But Tim Robbins was in an episode of The Love Boat. Yeah, you're really not prepared to have this conversation with either of us no. about who has been on what TV show. And this is not the most deep cut thing that we know. It's, it's, it is a deep cut, but... Oh, it's a very deep cut. But All right. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had a Love Boat credit. All I have is like being in a... You were in my production, the show I wrote called HMS uh, Pacific Princess Boat. You played um, Charo. Gucci, Gucci. Yes, exactly. And I'm pretty sure I made out with whoever played Julie, the cruise director. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) So technically you have a I've been in a low budget Twin Cities parody of Love Boat. And you've also been in Golden Girls. Yes, I played a Nancy Walker Speaking character. Speaking to, to, to bring that back. Mm. <laughs> Do we have anything else to I've talk I've also about? been in like the backdrop of an Olsen movie at the Mall yep. of America. And I was in the uh, video for Don't Want to Miss a Thing yes, by Aerosmith. Totally Make You Out by the Glasses. Well, by the Glasses, kind of, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm one uh, of the We were violinists. both in a Jesse Ventura commercial. We were. Yes, directed by his son. His son, Tyrell. Yes. Uh, and that's kind of it. Oh, uh, we've been in a couple other things that right. no one needs to know but about. But anyway, you have been, you have been in the Lumbo. Technically. 
We've been in a love boat. And we talked about this, I believe, on our Patreon podcast. We came, we talked about like our, you know, brushes with fame of famous people and stuff. And we came this close to having Thanksgiving dinner with Gavin McLeod, but it did not happen. I'm still sorry that didn't happen. So if you are a Patreon, you can hear on our Patreon if you support that. And, and yeah, and uh, we're, since we're talking about things, when I was in college, I had a one-night stand with somebody who was a pilot in an airplane disaster movie. <laughs> Robert Hayes? There are a lot of airplane disaster movies out there. I'll let you figure out who that was. But what was the name of the uh, inflatable autopilot? Auto. Yes. Auto. I had a one-night stand in college in New York with autopilot. <laughs> no, I, I had a one-night stand when I was in college in New York with someone who played a pilot in an airplane disaster Are movie. you sure he wasn't in a pilot about an airplane no, no, disaster? No, 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 no. I've seen the okay. IMDb. It was just like, right. oh, yep, yep, that, yep, 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 nope, nope. This is an actual person. There are a lot of airplane disaster movies. Well, that's our new uh, tier if we get to uh, $200. Uh... No, you have to contribute $200 a month. And I will tell you which pilot and which airplane movie it was. Or, I'm sorry, which airplane disaster movie it was. All right. So this is Perching Podcast. Number 253. How long have we been doing this podcast? You know, the crazy thing is, like, we've been doing it for several years. We've taken so many hiatuses. Right. And I told you the terrifying thing of, like, one of my friends is like, I'm a completionist. I'm going to listen to all your podcasts. No, no. you shouldn't do it. And, like, no, before she was like, this podcast is missing. And then she was, like, telling me things. And I haven't heard from her for a while, which pretty right. much means... You mercifully stopped listening to this podcast in the early days. You should only listen to this podcast in the current iteration. This is not like the Risk. The Risk podcast is amazing. You should listen to old episodes of Risk. You should not listen to old episodes of this. That I'm like because I unless you want to be married to one of us and get an idea of what it's like. Here's the thing: is that I've been like going through like trying to read about not philosophers and their books but like the history of philosophy da, 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 da. it's like oh yeah this guy created an elaborate system he wrote 30 books none of them survive we only have snippets and stuff like I that i wonder like what the fuck if people had to recreate the 20th 21st century like this span of time based on our fucking oh, podcast i am completely comfortable with not being remembered at all completely sure. i'm just like that's no, part of one I of just, the reasons why i enjoy that's one of the reasons why i will tell people like and when I was in New York, I, no, I'm just fascinated by that idea. It's like, oh, they talked about some movie. The movie doesn't exist anymore. Bill and Sharon talked about how much they loved Inception. We don't know about this. Based on what they said, it's this insane sex movie that, you know, features a lot of pies in the face and stuff. A lot like, of pockets so within pockets. That's, that's what people were really into at this time. Oh, God. No, my, my big concern is, like, I, I don't care about the podcast. I think the podcast is just going to disappear. Like, we could stop the podcast tomorrow and no one would know us, and that's fine. But I think about all the things that I've written online as Bird wow. Chick. What? No, just your Continue. I'm I'm really comfortable with mortality. I'm really comfortable with being forgotten. I am banking on it. I really want to be forgotten. I'm totally cool with that. But no, I think about things that I've written or the number of um, server changes that we've had and, and specific blog posts or website pages that I've deleted that someone's going to find that archive someday, like 500 years from now, through some kind of weird-ass technology I can't comprehend. 
assuming that the planet is still thriving at that point. And taking those words and using them for some crazy form of advertising that I can't predict. And probably advertising for something I wouldn't want them to advertise. But I'll be dead and I don't care. Me right now would care because maybe it's something for white supremacy or uh, an argument for saying that birds should have no rights. You know, I'm just trying to think, like, what's the weird thing in the future that I can't predict? Okay. I want to be forgotten. I hope I want. Uh, yeah, I'm totally. Yeah, forget everything. Birdie right. was just ephemeral. She was like a trillium, maybe like an Indian pipe, quite possibly a fungus, a morel. I was a morel. I was super tasty in the moment. Maybe you could freeze dry, dry me for like a year and then put me in a soup and reconstitute me and make an amazing broth. But really, a hundred years after that, no. I'm disposable, baby. And I'm <laughs> never going to change. <laughs> if you have any questions for Sharon, she's Sharon at BirdChick.com. She's on Twitter at BirdChick, and she is on Facebook, The Real BirdChick. If you want to talk to me about how comfortable I am with mortality and how comfortable you can be with mortality, be prepared. I will be brutally honest, and let's do, do this. you know what you remind me of right now is Daryl Hannah in Legal Eagles. <laughs> Heart's desire, heart's desire, never, never play with fire. You and I are the first people to reference that movie in 15 years. Oh my God. We need to watch that. Oh, Because Robert Redford really basically has one character that he just recycles through every movie. Well, he's a movie star. That's his... I know. You went to bed the other night and I rewatched Indecent Proposal. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Demi Moore is trying way harder than you are right now. Oh, and Woody Harrelson is acting the shit out of you right now. No, he's a movie star. I know. And I was like, Robert Redford did his thing. And I'm like, oh, I see you're doing your, like, charming thing. Woody Harrelson is... Like, if you and Woody Harrelson were in a wet paper somebody, bag, Woody Harrelson would get out before you. Somebody brought this up. They were talking about Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Matt Damon is a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck is a really good movie star. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, uh, kids. Holla. That's all we have for you. This is maybe the weirdest episode we've done. No. If I'm wrong, uh, hit no. me up and let me know. Uh, do not email me with who you think the airplane disaster movie person is, but... Just, just. It's Robert Hazer autopilot. We don't know that because one or both of them may have been married at the time, and I don't want to get them in trouble. It's Robert Graves. <laughs> it's Kareem Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> well, one of them is accurate. Hey!